Service Colonel in the IDF Intelligence Forces of the Israeli Army from 1968 to 1988. He uh, served with uh, Isaac Shamir, Prime Minister Isaac Shamir, and Isaac as a counterterrorism advisor to the Prime Ministers. He was also a delegate of the Israeli peace negotiators with Syria and Madrid, and also in Washington in 1991 and in 1992. In 1998, he founded Memory, um, which is the Middle East Media Research Institute. It's uh, based in Washington and has offices in Jerusalem, Berlin, London, and Tokyo. And for those of you who probably know, it's, a, it's an organization that monitors mostly Arabic-speaking, Farsi-speaking media and translates it mostly into European languages. And I think it's Obviously, Memory's work and Yigal Kamal's work is very important because it provides a window uh, to some of the things that are happening, and particularly a social movement which is happening throughout parts of the Middle East, namely in the Palestinian Authority with Hamas, Islamic Jihad, and uh, others, Hezbollah, and other extremist organizations, the Iranian regime. So, and I think it also challenges us in the university and how do we, as social theorists, as academics, as scholars, as students, how do we deal with the, this challenge? How do we deal with this sort of reactionary movement, in a sense, in a social democratic, humane, human rights perspective? How do we you know, articulate our response to this? So today, Egal is going to speak about, the title of the lecture is, The Role of Holocaust Denial in the Ideology and Strategy of the Iranian Regime. So it's a pleasure to welcome you. خب خود شما باید پاسخ بدید 
چرا باید ملت فلسطین تقاس این جنایت های شما رو میدهد؟ حفظه یا سرزمین خودتون رو در اختیارشون قرار بدید موضوع خاتمه پیدا میکنه پیشنهاد ما این بود و هست اگر شما جنایت کردید خوب است قطعه از خاک خودتان را از خاک اروپا رو از خاک آمریکا رو از خاک کانادا و آلاسکا رو در اختیار اینها قرار بدید تا اینها برای خودشون یک کشوری تشکیل بدن يمكن للأوروبيين أن يهبوا أجزاء من أراضيهم لإسرائيل نحن نؤيد هذه الفكرة يمكنهم أن يقدموا لها ما يشاءون من الدعم لإنشاء دولتهم ماليا وتسليحيا يمكن الألمان والنمسا بالتحديد أن يضع عددا من أقاليمهم ما تحت تصرف الإسرائيليين لحل قضيتهم من الجذور شما أجر دنبال هولوكاست ميكردي هولوكاست واقعي روايات در فلسطين بيدا كنيد اونجا که سیونیست های قاسب روزانه ملت فلسطین و بیدفاع رو به خاک و خون میکشند اگر دنبال جنایت های هولوکاست میکردید اون رو در عراق و در بین مردم مظلوم عراق جستجو کنید شاید من به نظرم میرسه که اگر کسانی تحول یا واقعه یا پدیده سوزاندن یهودیان حاضر در سرزمین جرمن در بحران جنگ دوم جهانی رو به هولوکاست تشبیه میکنن شاید یک دلیل تبلیغاتی روانی داره چون به هر حال واقعه ای به نام آدم سوزی اتفاق افتاده در طول تاریخ و عده زیادی از انسان ها به خاطر اعتقاداتشون سوزانده شدن و اتفاقا اونهایی که سوزانده شدن مسیحیان بودن و اتفاقا به دست کسانی سوزانده شدن که حاکمان بر سرزمین یمن بودن و اونها خود یهودی بودن و این اتفاق اتفاق بوده که در حدود شاید 400 سال قبل از ظهور اسلام در سرزمین شبه جزیره عربستان به وقوع پیوسته از اون زمان این واقعه آدم سوزی رو به نام هولوکاست نامگذاری کرد خود غربی ها متاسفانه دو حادثه بسیار تکان دهنده که یهودیان در قرن 19 در خود اروپا در به طور مشخص در پاریس و لندن انجام داده اینها را فراموش کردن در سال 1883 بود که حدود 150 کودک فرانسوی در خونه پاریس در آستانه ایده فصل یهودیان اینها رو به طرز فجی کشته بودند و تحقیقات بعدی نشان داد که یهودیا اونها رو کشتن و خونه اونها رو گرفتن و این حادثه موجب شد که یک شورش عجیبی در اون زمان در پاریس اتفاق بیفته و دولت فرانسه تحت فشار قرار گرفت نظیر این حادثه در لندن اتفاق افتاد و تعداد زیادی از کودکانی انگلیسی کشته شدن توسط همین خاخامالی یهودی که این دو حادثه در واقع همچنان ذهن و روح مردم اروپا را آزار میده ولی به دلیل نفوذ روزفزونی که الاوی سیگنیستی و بطور مشخص یهودیان در اروپا دارن متاسفان از این دو حادثه هیچ گونه صحبتی به میان نمی آید و اگر اینا خیلی خیلی به مدعی انتقال نسل ما رو مثلا میخواستن از بین ببرن اینا من استناد میکنم به خود تورات کتاب استر فصل نهام 
در اونجا خود اینها میگن که یه خانمی بوده به اسم استر اینا نفوذ میدن تو دربار خشنه و با تحصیل آقایی به اسم مرتخای یهودی تردیش میکنن باید چیزی بود سد و هفتاد هزار ایرانی میکشه جمعیت زیادی رو در شوش فعلی میکشه و اینا هر سال این کار جشن میگیرن یعنی دو روز در سال رو جشن میگن به خاطر ایرانی کشی و نسل ایرانی کشی سد و هفتاد هزار نفر مثلا در دو هزار سال پیش میگن یه کشوری بوده خب اینها نسل یک کشور رو بخواستم بردارن از اونها نسل کشن نه و خدا منهنی حیات رژیم سریونستی معکوس شده است و در سراشیبی سقوط قرار گرفته است همونطوری که اتحاد جماهیر شوروی محو شد و امروز در عالم چیزی به نام اتحاد جماهیر شوروی وجود ندارد به زودی رژیم سریونستی هم محف خواهد شد و بشر آزاد خواهد شد ما یک سوال کردیم از قدرت های قربی که آقا بحانه شما
a claim that requires uh, thorough uh, investigation and objective research. This was no different than the experience of others in World War II. And at any rate, Ahmadinejad and other top Iranian officials claim this myth cannot justify nor legitimize the establishment of the State of Israel in Palestine. The second goal, as proclaimed by Ahmadinejad, is to wipe Israel off the map. He is aware, though, that as long as the world remembers the Holocaust, it will resist any new attempt to perpetrate uh, another genocide against the Jews. Thus, eradicating the memory of the Holocaust is essential in order to achieve this goal, this acceptance to such a goal. In order for Ahmadinejad to bring his plan to fruition, he has to demonize the Jews and the state of Israel. Demonization is a necessary predisposition for genocide. Be it in uh, modern times in Rwanda or in the bad times of Hitler, when he engaged in a massive campaign of demonization before murdering the Jews en masse. Ahmadinejad and the Iranian regime take the same path. They are talking in the same vein, conducting a virulent anti-Semitic campaign of demonization of the Jews and of Israel. To this end, Iranian state-controlled television produces various TV series dedicated to the demonization of the Jews. These include classic blood libels depicting the Jews as a group using blood and non-Jewish children or blood of non-Jewish children to bake their Passover matzah, or to steal their body parts uh, for uh, their own needs. Jews are reduced to subhuman level, depicted as pigs and apes in educational children movies. They are accused of persecuting the Prophet Muhammad in a voodoo ritualistic uh, scenes, and uh, they uh, torment a historic figure reminiscent of Jesus on the cross, and that of course is since in the Quran Jesus was never crucified, Allah has substituted him with someone else, so it cannot be Jesus, but since they want to show what the Jews are doing, they put there a figure that is reminiscent of Jesus on the cross. All these TV series exist alongside other uh, other TV series that deny the Holocaust. I would uh, urge you to go to memorytv.org and you will find all these documentaries and dramas uh, there and you can get a feeling of all this educational 
material. Again, it should be stressed that all these uh, phenomena are interrelated and are state-directed at the highest level. It is noteworthy uh, that Mahmoud Ahmadinejad uh, dedicated his second appearance after uh, being elected to a meeting, televised meeting, with uh, TV producers. They were almost the first to talk to after he was elected, where he briefed them and he explained to them uh, what should be the line for them to take. Uh, and by the way, of the first things to say there was uh, to praise martyrdom as the uh, thing, the, the uh, most beautiful way to die, and actually this is what differs human beings from animals, martyrdom. Otherwise, they would all be uh, beasts eating grass. All this is done in order to achieve the goal of demonization of the Jews and Israel, which, as I mentioned earlier, is vital for their elimination. However, it is not possible to demonize a people as long as it is viewed as a victim. Therefore, as long as the Jews are perceived as victims of the Holocaust, this demonization cannot take root. Thus, the Holocaust denied. It is vital in order to wipe out their image as a victim so that they can be demonized on the way to their destruction. This is why all these elements, the three elements, Holocaust denial, elimination of the state of Israel, and demonization of the Jews, actually the order should be Holocaust denial, demonization, and destruction of Israel, are constantly present in the statements of Ahmadinejad and others in the Iranian regime. Let us hear the Iranians in their own words. To most of these, many of these statements have already circulated separately in the media. But hearing them together in the context I've just outlined will enable us to understand their function and the and their significance in the ideology and in the strategy of Ahmadinejad. In his well-known speech at the Iranian World Without Zionism conference on October 23, 2005, <coughs> Ahmadinejad laid out his views on the state of Israel. It is an absolute evil, a tool in the hands of the West to dominate the Muslims. In reply to those who ask if it is indeed possible to bring about a world without America and Zionism, he says, you had best know that this slogan and this goal is they are attainable and can surely be achieved. Later, he cites Khomeini, the Imam, the, uh, the uh, base, the figure, you remember him, the, the leader of the Islamic revolution in Iran. 
The Imam said, this regime that is occupying Quds, namely Jerusalem, must be eliminated from the pages of history. Commenting on this statement by his spiritual mentor, Ahmadinejad says, This sentence is very wise. The issue of Palestine is not an issue on which we can compromise. And later he adds, very soon, this thing of disgrace, named Israel, very soon it will be purged from the center of the Islamic world, and this is attainable. This speech clearly announced that the ultimate goal is the elimination of Israel. At the organization of the Islamic Conference meeting, which took place in Mecca in early December 2005, Ahmadinejad made statements that explicitly tie this goal with Holocaust denial. He says, some European countries are insisting on saying that Hitler burned millions of oppressed Jews in crematoria. You have seen that. They insist so much on this issue that if someone proves the opposite, they convict him and throw him into prison. Although we do not accept this claim, let's assume that it is true. And we ask the Europeans, does the killing of oppressed Jews by Hitler justify their support, European support, for the regime that is occupying Jerusalem? This statement by Ahmadinejad is telling. The implication is that the Holocaust is the only justification for the state of Israel. The line of attack is therefore twofold. A, the Holocaust is a myth, and B, even if it were true, it cannot justify Israel's existence. In either case, Ahmadinejad's primary obsession is not with the Holocaust, but with, the Israel, with Israel and with its very existence. If the Holocaust gets in the way of achieving this goal, it must be denied. Israel must go away, it could go to Europe, to Alaska, to Canada, wherever. This is the goal. And the Holocaust denial is a tool to achieve it. Later on, in the same speech, he adds, as you have seen, if you Europeans think that you committed an injustice against the Jews, why must the Muslims and the Palestinians pay the price for it? All right, you oppress the Jews, so put some of Europe under their disposal. And again, the guiding principle is that Israel should not exist where it is. Holocaust denial is important to Ahmadinejad because it lends justification to the creation and to the continued existence of the state of Israel. In the speech you saw earlier on the DVD from December 14, 2005, Ahmadinejad once again linked two elements together. He calls the Holocaust a myth, but also adds, if you Europeans are correct in saying that you killed six million in claiming so, 
If you committed a crime, it is only appropriate that you place a piece of your land at their disposal. Europe, America, Canada, Alaska, etc. Once again, Holocaust denial is important first and foremost as a means of delegitimizing the existence of Israel. And since the goal is the elimination of Israel, the speech includes all the three necessary elements, all the elements of demonization. The Iranian uh, president takes pains to portray the Jews as oppressors, not as victims. Zionism itself is a Western ideology and a colonialist idea with uh, secular ideas and fascist methods, which was founded by the English so far with the help and direct guidance of America and part of Europe. Zionism is slaughtering the Muslims. Later in that speech he says, an important question that the Western countries and media must answer clearly is what crime did they, the West, commit at World War II that the Zionists are not committing today, in essence, Zionism as a new fascism. Uh, Here is the beginning of the demonization. This, therefore, is Ahmadinejad's truth. The Zionists are the true oppressors. They are the real uh, Nazis. But while at times Ahmadinejad claims to differentiate between Zionists and Jews, in truth, this campaign of demonization uses and abuses history to depict Jews, not Zionists, throughout the ages as oppressors and murderers. Uh, two days ago, uh, Fox.com, uh, the website of Fox, uh, presented an uh, animated movie uh, that shows a uh, you can find it on their website, shows a Jew who is planting a swastika and decorating <coughs> it, and from the swastika comes out the Star of David. The one who is doing it is a uh, traditional Jew with the beard, with the nose, with the hat. So this is where uh, Nazism is, and this is where it comes from, and not from Zionists, but from a typical Jew, not a typical Zionist. As you have just seen in the DVD, the true Holocaust, as portrayed by Ahmadinejad and uh, others, was committed by the Jews. For example, uh, the Jewish king of Yemen, Yosef Dunwas, in uh, 500 uh, before Christ, uh, who, uh, according to a legendary tradition that has no basis in reality, burnt Christians, and he, as was explained, was a Jew. The true Holocaust is, of course, uh, what the Jews did to the Iranians today in the Book of Esther, in Purim. The true Holocaust is what is done to the Palestinians or what is done to the Iraqis. Moreover, Jews in modern times are continuing their murderous ways, 
killing the large numbers of Christian children in London and Paris again as you so in order to use their blood for Passover uh, matches. Uh, Jews in a celebrated film, The Valley of Wolves, that was done in Turkey uh, and was celebrated by uh, the wife of the prime minister and the wife of the foreign minister who praised it to the uh, main channels of uh, the Turkish uh, television, uh, depicts a figure, a Jewish doctor in the American uh, army that steals body parts of, of uh, Iraqis and uh, trades them and so on. So, <clears throat> Holocaust denial is inextricable from the demonization of the Jews and from the final goal of Ahmadinejad, the elimination of Israel. All these elements figure prominently in the identity and works of those who were invited by the Iranian regime to the Holocaust denial conference in Tehran. First and foremost is their explicit opposition to Israel's existence. This is why you see the you see the members of the anti-Zionist Jewish uh, sect of Netorei Karta. That's why they were invited. And uh, then come comes the demonization of the Jews. Uh, in order to justify the agenda of elimination, and thus the invitation of uh, characters, uh, just for an example, is Frederick Tobin from Australia, who not only denies the Jews and opposes the existence, denies the Holocaust and opposes the existence of Israel, and also uh, demonizes Jews as uh, a group that. Uh, intentionally spreads the uh, AIDS virus in the U.S. In essence, the speech made by Ahmadinejad in this conference best illustrates the role of Holocaust denial in his ideology and strategy. He begins his speech by addressing the Holocaust deniers who participated in the conference, saying to them, Iran is your home. Here you can express your opinions freely, in a friendly manner, and in a free atmosphere. And then, without batting an eyelid, he adds, and I want to tell you that the life curve of the Zionist regime has begun to uh, its descent, as you have seen, and it is now on a downward slope towards its fall, I tell you now, the Zionist regime will be wiped out and humanity will be liberated. In other words, if, 
is it is it purely hatred on his part, or is it a political calculation that well, this is a way for Iran to gain stature in the Arab world? How how, how strategic is this entire campaign, or or how uh, you know how deeply is it driven purely by hatred? Why does he want to eliminate the state of Israel? That is uh, part of his uh, interpretation of uh, the Shia uh, ideology or religious ideology. Uh, he has wider goals than that. He sees the uh, times as time that precede the coming of the Mahdi, the Shia Messiah. Uh, the whole uh, nuclear project is, has been intensified in his time because, and by him as much as he could, because he sees uh, he has an apocalyptic vision. This is the time where the world will change. And this uh, appearance, his second appearance to TV producers, he talks to them about this. He tells them that Islam, and in other appearances, that Islam is a global religion that will occupy, and then he holds his tongue, he says, will occupy all the peaks of the mountains in the world. In the world. Uh, his religious worldview is global. He is uh, addressing all the injustices uh, in the world as it is now. And the state of Israel is just one of them. But very meaningful because they occupy Kurds, Jerusalem. Uh, and it's something uh, that is well built in a So uh, 
a believer on the motion. He has elements in his thought that uh, are blurring his uh, capability of thinking the way you describe. Yes. So, uh, actually, if you can, I'll take down names of people. So, Neil, and if you signal to me, I'll write down this. Uh, first of all, uh, I want to uh, thank you and Emory for doing an unbelievable job. You know, I spent 30 years in Washington, and, I, and everybody here should know that the policymakers in the executive branch in Congress, you are required reading. It is magnificent, not just Jewish organizations. What you do is just uh, terrific, and I thank you for that. Thank you. That, that I uh, and I'd be interested to see uh, to hear your comments. It would be one thing if Justice Shermanov was the only person who is attempting to delegitimize Israel. Because I, I agree, I think that's just one of his primary concerns. But it goes well beyond that. When you have a former president of the United States who was engaged in a campaign which is nothing short of an effort to delegitimize Israel. When you have professors from Harvard, I'm sorry, <laughs> Chicago, wearing their the cloak of academia, who claim foreign policy is governed by the pro-Israel lobby, and as a former head of APAC, I take that rather personally because I figure they're talking to me. But it, it is really uh, very troubling that uh, those types of people who have wide audiences, former president, you cannot, this, I think you cannot just extract what they're doing from what he's doing. It goes hand in hand. We have a man like Patrick J. Buchanan who was on TV 15 hours a day, who is a Holocaust denier, who, uh, at every opportunity tries to delegitimize Israel. And believe me, they are building up now a case that's getting in the in the media that talks about the question. The question is, do you do you find it troubling? Do you think there is a nexus? Now obviously it's not a conspiracy. But I, I think that the, the confluence uh, I would say this, Neil, that uh, it is important, even though he is a believer and uh, reality is just uh, something that is there to be changed, it is still important for him, very important for him, to have supporters from the other side. You know, this whole conference, why would he care? Why, do, why do he, does he need to bring all these people to that show? Is it so, as a believer, as someone wants, does he need them? And the interesting answer is yes. And I'm referring to what you said. It is important for him. It is a reality check for him. Oh. Uh, stretching his ideology to the world of reality. It's not just him. It is people that are from the other side. 
president or politician or researchers, scholars, doctors. Well, you see the phenomenon of people with nice suits and ties sitting in the studio, like here, like a very reasonable environment. Talking about the uh, 150 children that were uh, killed for Pesach by rabbis. And uh, it is important for them to show this from the other side. It's not only about their beliefs, but also about reality. And that's the importance, and it's very uh, uh, important. So, David, and then along with you. There are secular nationalist rational movements across the Middle East. And the question I'd like to ask you is, in your judgment, that I'm talking about secular movements that oppose this totalitarianism. What I want to ask is, in your judgment, what is the strength of the secular nationalist opposition to this totalitarianism in Iran, in Lebanon, and in Palestine? Uh, I would say that in the last uh, five, ten years, uh, more five, it is not so popular in the Arab world to talk about Holocaust denial. It is in the margin. Not that they believe that it was true, but it has become politically incorrect. Uh, there was a few years ago uh, when one of the series was uh, on air, a Ramadan series where they showed that it was about the protocols of the elders of Zion, you know, this notorious uh, uh, creation of the uh, Russian secret police. Uh, and we published it, it went to all members of Congress, etc. The, uh, and some began talking about the uh, American aid to Egypt. And then uh, the advisor of uh, President Mubarak, who was also advisor to previous uh, presidents in Egypt, a man of stature in, uh, Egyptian, uh, in the Egyptian establishment, published a three-part article in Arabic in the Laram. Later he distributed it to all members of Congress in English, but it came out in Arabic in uh, Egypt in the most important paper by him, uh, where he refuted all anti-Semitic messages, not only uh, protocols and blood libel and all that, but he also referred to Holocaust. Now, he did not need to do that. He took this opportunity to include everything. And of course, it was because a danger to the foreign aid to Egypt emerged in the horizon. Okay, but still, this is what he did. Uh, when a editor of a paper uh, reiterated the claim that the Holocaust was a myth, he was, and the other thing, he was fired. On TV, he, uh, like someone who was innocently punished, 
he says uh, there was a program on TV, you can see it in, on memory TV, uh, and he says, we were all brought from our childhood, we were brought up to believe that the Holocaust is a myth, is a lie. It's a lie. Uh, so like, why was I fired? What did I do? This is our education from, he was. It became, in the Arab world, to some extent, politically incorrect to say it. Uh, whether it is suddenly believed that uh, the Holocaust did occur, I wouldn't go that far. But it is, it may have to do with the main uh, message that I have uh, brought here. That in the Arab world, the idea of um, eliminating the state of Israel has gone a little bit down. And the goal is not anymore the outright uh, wiping out of Israel. It has been sublimized in ways and means and uh, time and things. And since the goal is not that clear as Ahmadinejad does it, the delegitimation of Israel is also not so much needed. And maybe there are other reasons also. But uh, he who is at the, who, who wants it desperately to be done as soon as possible and is not shying away from stating it, he needs Holocaust denial very much. So you find in the Arab world, not opposition, of course, there are liberals and reformists who oppose it, who speak out clearly against it, but they are a minority. The majority in the Arab world is silent about it, is uh, not pushing it uh, too far. And it may be a good beginning, because of, as I said, it would reflect that the fire of burning Israel uh, outright is not as high as it used to be. Yes, um, I want to focus back on the end, and uh, I really wonder about the, about the reflection of those uh, events uh, by the common commentators. I mean, I don't know really how Iranian TV is function, but uh, do you see in any of those TVs uh, that uh, the commentators will uh, try to engage in some kind of uh, you know, uh, conversation with some of those people that have uh, outrageous ideas and try to contradict them or anyone that will propose these ideas will be held. Uh, for instance, we hardly can hear uh, a major uh, lady and on the other hand, uh, there was an incident that was uh, aired on American TV uh, that showed that uh, students were opposing him and uh, burning his pictures and uh, stuff like that while he visited the university. So I really wonder, can you elaborate about uh, any possible opposition within the media to uh, such a rhetoric? Uh, 
some reformists, you know, well do we know about them from the media. So they do appear here and there uh, in the Arab world. In Iran, uh, we haven't seen that. Iranians outside of Iran, only of last uh, 100 Iranian uh, people, intellectuals and others issued a statement against this conference against uh, they are out of Iran. In Iran, the demonstration of students that occurred was on other uh, uh, issues, not on the Holocaust. Uh, you don't find in the media uh, such outright uh, opposition to this notion in Iran. But there is opposition emerging to Ahmadinejad. This opposition and I highly recommend that you read the memory. Uh, you will see two reports, one uh, of uh, about two weeks ago on uh, criticism of uh, in the Iranian conservative camp against Ahmadinejad, and pieces of today talking about the situation right now, which is very dangerous. This is not our subject of today, but we are uh, on the edges of a volcano that is uh, that may erupt very soon. I'm talking about weeks, and uh, not only not everybody in the Iranian regime agrees to the policy of Ahmadinejad, and that has to do with the nuclear fight, the nuclear uh, issue, and there is opposition strong opposition, but by no other than Khamenei himself and Afsarjani. They are not against the, uh, the nuclear program as such, but they are absolutely against the provocative, brush approach of Ahmadinejad that brought the whole world against them. They wanted the way Khatami, the reformist, did it, being nice, playing negotiations, dragging time, two years, in which they managed to get so uh, so advanced in, in their project. So there is opposition on other bases. It inevitably reflects also on others, because if you remove Ahmadinejad uh, because of other reasons, you remove also part of his worldview. Uh, I must mention here that even Khomeini never related to the Holocaust denial. We don't know. He agreed to it. He did not agree. He never talked about it. Khamenei uh, never talked about it. Ahmadinejad and his government, he's the president, his government, his Revolutionary Guards team, they talk about it all the time. Because they are also very insistent and persistent about eliminating Israel. This is sort of an extension of uh, the other gentleman's question, but it concerns Iran's nuclear program. Many people present the image of Iran's nuclear program as sort of a wish to build up geopolitical capital or become a bigger player on the world stage. Your theory, as you presented before, was more along the lines of an 
apocalyptic vision for sort of changing the world. Given your belief, how should that inform Israeli and American policy today towards Iran? No, it's both. It's the apocalyptic vision, but it's also strategic, it's also political to gain stature in the region in which there are others who do have nuclear capabilities from Pakistan to India to Russia to uh, what have you, nuclear capabilities to Turkey and that alone is a, so it is all together, but with a uh, special uh, drive that is religiously motivated for an apocalyptic view. What should Israel do? Well, I would say this. Uh, Israel should fight and Jews, that's my opinion, and the Jewish people should fight against anti the anti-Semitic approach of Iran. That's our problem, it's our right, it's, it needs to be done. But we should not involve ourselves in the nuclear issue. Because in the nuclear issue, America is against them, but also Europe. Europe is on this issue incredibly uh, good. Uh, after a few years where it dragged and it uh, tried, and they learned now that it is all about the bomb. And they don't want a North Korea at their shores, almost at their shores. So it is good that we do not intervene and we are not described as, as if the world is doing it for the Jews or America is doing it for Israel. Oh, it's not necessary. Nowadays, imagine not only America is gathering a fleet in the Persian Gulf, pushed by Saudi Arabia, not by Israel. The French begin military maneuvers with the Saudi military. Uh, the French are acting against Iran in Lebanon in a fantastic way. It is our problem, but we don't need to, to make it our problem, because it's also other people's problem. One thing I want to say, it is uh, not one country where we should stress, it is not a problem for them, is Russia. Uh, usually, I must admit, I myself participated in uh, saying that it is a, like uh, not thinking enough of it, uh, it's also a problem for Russia, folks, so they will not go all the way to give them but in truth, when you think of it seriously, it is not a problem for Russia. Iran has never been against Russia. It would have been to some extent against the Soviet Union, but not against Russia. Uh, <coughs> the uh, Iran, the Russians have a problem with the Sunni Islam in Chechnya. The Shiites are an ally, so to speak, on that problem. Uh, and in terms of danger, Iran would never be a danger to Russia even once it has a bomb because the Russian force is uh, so big com compared to the relatively to what the Iranians might be developing out of uh, the Russian uh, support. It is not the Russians support them, 
because they don't have a problem with it as the Europeans have. But the Europeans have a problem and they are aware of it and they are fighting it. So from the Arab world, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Emirates, to the Europeans, everybody is against this nuclear problem. We don't need to stick our nose into that. It is happening without us. Shift a little bit. I, I agree with you. I think that uh, Ahmadinejad's uh, uh, danger for the Jews in Israel is his delegitimization uh, of Israel and uh, and the use of the denial of the Holocaust as a fundamental uh, building block for his delegitimation of Israel. I was surprised uh, in your film that. Uh, because I think I share what many American Jews share, which is the thought that he's going to uh, use his nuclear weapons against Israel. And I, I uh, believe to hear your analysis uh, of, uh, of the issue. But I thought that in the, in the uh, clips that you showed, that he spoke about the elimination of Israel right after he spoke about the elimination of the Soviet Union. And he said that just as the Soviet Union was eliminated, and it wasn't through military action that it was eliminated, uh, Israel would be eliminated in the near future too. And the uh, one could interpret this as saying, we are weakening Israel through our delegitimation. Uh, and Israel will implode in uh, the next generation, and there will be uh, no Israel. And I think that that would be, uh, I, I profoundly hope that he is wrong. I think he is wrong. But I think that it would be useful for American Jews uh, to hear what he's saying in that way. Uh, let me say this. He, here he said, uh, it will be wiped out. As the Soviet Union does not exist anymore, Israel will be wiped out. If you go to the language, I will leave the, the uh, DVD with you. The Soviet Union ceased to exist, but I will read it to you. I will read it to you. But Israel will be wiped out. Uh, believe me, he chooses his, uh, his words. The Zionist regime will be wiped out. He didn't say that about the Soviet He said, as this does not exist. Uh, when linguistically, when you analyze it, he used different terms to both things. And I think that the mentioning of the Soviet Union was to say huge powers who we thought are undefeatable, have disappeared. And this is the message that Khomeini said before. Namely, it is attainable. It is achievable. Not only a world without Jews, also a world without America. It is possible. Allah is doing the, the uh, unthinkable. This was the, the uh, bringing the point of the Soviet Union. But you have, again and again, with regard to the Zionist entity, the, the regime that is occupying this, 
white off, white off, white off. Unlikely. So I won't, but on the other hand, even he is careful. If you look at his interview with uh, Mike Wallace, what a talent to be afraid not to say, but of course, you can see, it, it is worth uh, watching again and again this movie. He says it without saying, because he understands to whom he talks. So as Meshuggah as, as he is, he knows a little bit to play the game, and he evades answering directly to this question. And uh, Mike was asking again and again, you said this, you said this, you said this, and he has all the tactics to, so you said, like, you said it for me, fine, why are we talking about it anymore? So, uh, no, it does mean to wipe up. Now, whether it will be with a bomb or in other ways, he doesn't have the bomb yet. When he has it, he will talk in a different way. So, why we take two questions? Considering... Yeah, you have Considering the education that's being given to youngsters in much of the Muslim Middle East, what should be done, what can be done about that? These are generations that will grow up true believers, as you've been talking about. Well, how can you explain Ah, well, I'll go back. Since Goebbels and uh, the Nazi head of propaganda followed the notion that repeated lies will become eventually belief truth, how can you explain then the almost absence of Israeli counteroffensive to that kind of, of uh, repeated lies? As, at least as we practice or experience it here, we don't hear much. I'm not an expert on that, but can I tell you? Uh, look, the, the Holocaust Museum in Washington is doing nothing about it to make it relevant to these days. How do you explain that? You are American. The Shem has launched a Farsi website. After many years of refusing to deal with anything related to anti-Arab, anti-Semitism. The Holocaust Museum did do a, a uh, presentation on uh, the protocols, which took it into the uh, its use of the Arab I think they did minimal, if anything, on that. Even when they celebrated, quote-unquote, the 100 years to the protocols, I know because I was involved and I suggested material and I, and we had so much, they did something teeny tiny, there is um, uh, nothing, nothing. You don't know how much was offered to them, so you think what they did was of any meaning. They rejected it in a fierce way, I can tell you. They rejected a serious presentation. Maybe we'll take two or three at a time. I just wanted to emphasize the other side of this. You mentioned that you showed the case very clearly how he's using the Holocaust as a Holocaust denial in order to uh, de-emphasize or to uh, de-denigrate the, uh, the, the nation of Israel and Zionism. 
I think, uh, or don't you think, to make a question, uh, that it's very important for us to counter this not just with denial of Holocaust denial, but to, but to remind and educate that Zionism didn't start after the Holocaust, that started uh, you know, quite a hundred years before, and that, uh, and that we had the British uh, mandate, and of course the home, the, the uh, historic uh, homeland of the Jews. I think you know those issues. Uh, you can't just get hung up. I think on denying because he's creating this agenda. So our agenda should we should counter this, but go beyond that. What do you think about that? misguided Jews who attended this conference. I mean, it was just prominently on the front pages of the newspapers. And B, uh, what do you say that, to the fact that Germany, which used to be a closed body of Nazi Germany, is the most, the biggest trading partner of Iran, including the Tony Harbor, which are the contracts underwent by the German government, while Germany is also allegedly